The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Hi, welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Always excited to be here and happy to have a very interesting episode today. So it's very strange, actually. Um, My manager, Robert Wise, you've heard him before on the show, came to me with an idea. He said, I want to come on the show and I want to interview you. And I thought, well, I don't know about that. What does that even mean? Why? Why? Why would you want to interview me? So um, I'm going to let him answer in a moment. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about Robert. Uh, He is the manager of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. He's also studying to be a coach. Very, very involved in the clinic that I run here in Montreal. He's also very involved in the retreats, the couple retreats. He's actually involved in pretty much everything I do. And he told me, and I'm sure he's going to talk about this, that there's questions he's going to be asking me today that he doesn't know the answer to. So I, I have to say I'm a little nervous, Robert, but welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Sandra. So what's this all about? Why did you put all over Facebook and everywhere that you want to put me on the hot seat? Why do you want to put me on the hot seat? Okay, well, that's a great question. Um, The reason I wanted to put Sandra Reich on the hot seat is because I saw um, so many people tell their deepest, darkest secrets to you. They share their stories to you. And I'm like, you know what? I want to hear Sandra's story. I want to know what's, what's her secrets. So I am willing to do this, and I, this is unscripted. I don't really know what you're going to be asking, and hopefully you're not going to embarrass me. But, um, you know, I'm going to start off by saying that I really don't mind because if you read my bio on Straight Talk, it says that I turned my own lemons into lemonade. And... Um, I often talk about at talks that I give that um, I really feel I've lived on both sides, the sides that many of my clients are in right now, which is really a bit of a mess, and then learning the strategies of life and turning it all around. So if there's anything that comes up from my past that helps somebody who's in the middle of their mess, I'm always pleased about that. So what's on your mind, Robert Wise? What would you like to know? Well, my first question to you, Sandra, would be the basic question. How did you get into this line of work? Ah, okay. Well, that's actually a really strange story, too. Um, I'm going to say, too, because I think probably a lot of my stories and a lot of my life has been very unconventional. And I guess that's one of the messages I like to send people is that you don't have to live the same life as everybody else, because I did it all weirdly. So what happened is I did a bachelor's degree in school many, many moons ago, the time when people do do bachelor's in their early 20s. And when I did that bachelor's, I had no idea what to study. So I turned to, I'm sure you don't know the story, Robert. I turned to a girlfriend of mine and said, what are you studying? And she said Spanish. So I said, eh, okay, I'll study Spanish. So 
I studied Spanish and I got a bachelor's degree in Spanish. Needless to say, it was not a degree that was very marketable. Now, while I was in school and for many, many years, I was a bartender. It started off as a part-time job and that's all it was supposed to stay. 22 years later, I was still working in the bar business, so I won't bore you with all the details. But what I realized while I was in the bar business at one point is that people would come see me every night asking questions about their lives. I'd have a crowd of people. And, of course, I realized I cannot stay in the bar business forever. And um, I had a very shocking wake-up call at one point because the bar I was working at burnt down. And I found myself, let's just say, in my adult years not being able to... um, pay my rent. It was not a great moment for me. And I thought, well, I need to do something with my life. So what am I good at? And I thought, well, if people are coming to see me about their problems, it seems to me that psychology might be the route to go. So I thought, well, I'll just go back to school, probably be just very easy and very quick. And of course, that's not at all what happened. It was not so easy and not so quick. So that started the route, Rob. Okay, well, you know, you're talking about bartending, you're talking about psychology. I was a big fan of the show Cheers. So yeah, I, so I worked I, at Cheers. <laughs> so here's my, my next question for you. What does bartending and psychology have in common? Well, actually a lot. It's, a, it's just so strange because the bar people, I mean, I started to tell you that when I went back to school, I thought it would just be a couple of years. Well, it turns out I had to start all over again. I had to start at the bachelor's degree level. Um, so it turned out to be many, many years. So I ended up bartending quite a few more years. And my, um, my clients would come in and they'd say, oh, there's the girl who's studying psychology. And they'd laugh about it and joke around about it. And They would all say that one day they're going to show up in my office and they're going to build a bar there. Okay, so basically bartending, when people come into a bar and they have a bartender to talk to, that's your, just like the show Cheers, that's your friend who you share your secrets with and you ask for advice. So that's what I would do. So the only really, the ironic is the only real difference between bartending and what I do now is A, I always joke the salary is a little bit better, (laughs) and B, um, we don't serve alcohol in the office. So um, it's a little bit of a different milieu, but basically people are coming in and telling me their stuff. And for me, bartending was very helpful because I meet so many, as you know, at the clinic, we meet so many different types of people. And having worked at all these bars, I met so many different kinds of people. And so it helped me to relate to different different ways of living life, like I started the show with, is there are so many ways. Don't you agree? I agree. Yeah. I agree. Very interesting. So, Sandra, what drives you to be so passionate about your work? Um, what drives me to be so passionate about my work? Good question. Um, you know, I have to say, Robert, that I tell most of my clients that everything I do is for children. And ironically, I don't really see children. I'm not really a child, like I'm not a child therapist per se. I've seen children. But everything I do is related to the fact that I believe children only have one childhood. And I believe that when we don't know what we're doing, which most of us don't, um, if not all of us don't, because we grew up in families that are dysfunctional, um, then we're going to repeat the same errors with our kids. And I think that every child deserves a childhood and does not deserve to live in, you know, a very painful environment. Now, if we, and if I could throw it back at you a little bit, Mm -hmm. Robert, because we've shared a little bit, and maybe we could chat about that Mm -hmm. a tiny bit before we move on to the next question, is that um, 
you've shared and I've shared that our backgrounds weren't, you know, they weren't stellar at all times. I mean, we had very loving parents, but there were habits and things that went on that weren't so healthy. You've certainly shared some with me and I've shared some with you. Now, you know, at the clinic, we talk about all the time that unless we understand the errors that our parents have made, we're sort of condemned to repeat them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, um, I find that when you, uh, you know, if you don't learn from your mistakes, you don't, you tend to make the same mistakes. So if you're a child and you see your parents, you know, raising you in a certain way, you think that's the right way and you'll grow up and you'll maybe raise your children that same way. Exactly. And so um, what drives me is the idea that I knew at a very young age that there were things going on. And I think, Robert, again, we, when I first met you, we had this in common right from the beginning, is that you have a great insight. And I think that I had an awareness that there were things in my family that were not healthy. Mm-hmm. Again, well-meant, but not healthy. Yeah. And I knew that I wanted to learn to do differently. And what we teach our clients or what I teach my clients is that whatever you don't work on in your life, they're going to have to work on. And I think that's a very serious responsibility because, um, and this isn't maybe part of your questions, but for the record, I adopted uh, my first child at 44. And I feel I did that because I didn't feel I had really worked out those things. So then I did not want my children to play, play out the same things that I had, the pain I had gone through. And you know what I mean about growing mm-hmm. up and there's pain and there's things that hurt. Now, the problem is that most of society doesn't do this. So we have a great admiration for clients and for therapists because most people sort of figure this is their destiny. And then we repeat it on our children. And what drives my car is that I don't see why our children have to pay the price generation after generation. I love to tell people when you work on your stuff, and I've said this to you, Robert Wise, mm-hmm. when you work on your stuff, you're affecting future generations. So is that not a great motivation? That's an amazing motivation. And to me, that's everything. Yeah. So I, I want to, I'm very passionate about that. And I want my clients and my straight talk listeners to be equally passionate is that children are the only little people who have no choice. And so they should not be subject to, you know, the hurts. For example, let's give an example. Mm-hmm. We used to believe emotions are a sign of weakness in psychology. We now know emotions are a sign of strength. So many of us grew up being told, like, don't cry or I'll give you something to cry about. Or, you know, don't for men, I'm sure you can attest to this, is that, you know, big boys don't cry. And we now know that that is actually a way of shutting down someone's emotions. They're going to show up in my office 20 years from then and saying, I don't feel anything. I'm depressed. I'm flat. So we want to, we want to teach parents. So I work with parents and I work with individuals and we want to teach them um, that some of the things we learned in childhood, we now know are not so healthy. Does that sort of answer it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, um, on that note, I wanted to ask you, because you're talking about children, you're talking about parents, what is your favorite type of client, would you say? Uh, good question, Robert. Um, well, I think that, you know, what we just talked about is someone who understands the concept that every time they lift that weight, and I do relate therapy to weight training, it's it's hard. <laughs> it hurts, doesn't it? Like, it does. I, I make you work hard. It does, it hurts. Yeah, it hurts. So um, every time you're 
lifting that weight, it takes a certain amount of determination. So who, I tell, I also train therapists and I tell them never work harder than your clients. So my favorite client is a client who's working really hard. I mean, it's magic. If you want to learn and you have someone who's working with you who has the goods to teach you, what happens in that office is magical. Um, uh, the flip side is someone who goes, yes, but, yes, but, yes, but, almost like it's their destiny to be miserable, and that we call a little bit of victimization, which, again, I, I know you know about me, is I'm not a big fan of the victim. He's laughing. No, you're not a big fan of the victim. So I guess you kind of already answered me, but uh, so what would you say is your least favorite client? Yeah, if you don't want to do your work and you go to therapy and think this is magic, I feel... Um, well, first of all, I feel very uh, uncomfortable taking someone's money for that because um, I actually like to earn the money I make. So, and I don't feel I can take someone on a journey. So, if they are willing to go on the journey, I'm so excited to do it with them. And that's not just true of me; that's true of all therapists. And I love people um, who, who you know, when they hear something that's different than the way they learned it, they're like open to try it. And that's what I did, by the way, is, uh, you know, my smartest kid in the class theory <laughs> is that I always wanted to learn from the smartest kid in the class. And that helped me a lot. Rob, um, we're going to take a short break. and We'll be right back with Straight Talk with Sandra Rich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com. And change your life forever. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. 
You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. We're back, and I'm um, sweating a little bit. There are some <laughs> questions here going on, um, and Robert seems to have a lot of them. Um, I'm just going to finish off the thought that I was saying before the break. I, we completely lost track of time there. Um, one of my secrets was to look for the smartest kid in class, and that's, and that's a little bit like you're asking the client that I like to work with. The client I like to work with does sort of the idea of being open to learn. So when someone would tell me, what I'm doing is dysfunctional. Like when I went to therapist school, you know, you meet other therapists. So I'm pretty lucky. All my friends are therapists. So if they would tell me something I was doing was off or the way I learned something I found was off, I wouldn't argue with them. I would try a different way. My favorite client is open to trying new things, which takes a certain amount of courage because you got to stretch. And you know what, Sandra, talking about courage and talking about the smartest kid in the class, I always like to look to you as the smartest kid in my class. Thank you, Robert. And talking about courage, you have not one, not two, not three, but four companies. (laughs) Here's where I have a good, hard question for you. So you have four companies. You have the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. You have Empowered Woman Workshops. Mm -hmm. You have Sandra Reich Couple Retreats. Mm And you have anxiety slash videos.com. That's four companies. Mm-hmm. So here's the question. Uh-oh. Which is your favorite? Oh, God. <laughs> Tell us. Honestly, Robert, they're all my favorite. They all came to be in such a weird way. So I'll just, I'll give you a little history. Okay. So the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression, which is, I guess, my baby, uh, opened as a result of, um, I was in private practice. This is after the bartending years, after the many years back at school, I opened a private practice and in, and I, I think I should mention that uh, most people at this time in my life were saying, this is a very bad idea. It's too late to go back to school. You're too old. It's not going to work out. You're not going to make money. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Therapists don't make money. And thankfully, very thankfully, I did not listen, which is one of the biggest um, lessons of my life is that to be careful about listening to naysayers, mm-hmm. um, open to private practice and thank God it went through the roof. Um, so what happened is I guess the years of bartending were very helpful for me and combined with the education. And so I decided something I was doing was working. So I decided to open a clinic and I opened the clinic and, um, there too, it was kind of like that movie. If you build it, they will come because I kind of opened it with no real amount of clients to come to the center. And uh, we now have 12 therapists working there, and we're very, you know of all people, because you answer the phone at the center, how busy a center is. It's pretty booming. Yeah. So that was the, that's the baby, and that's, um, that's a very big part of my day-to-day operations. Uh, but next came that I, you were asking about my favorite clients. I kept working with women. I, you know, they say as a therapist that, and you'll find this when you're a coach, that you'll tend, they say, they tell you this. It's hard to believe that clients, the clients you end up with are the clients who have issues that you still need to work on. So I used to find myself with really, so it sounds like I'm complimenting myself, but don't get, you'll see I'm not. Um, I used to end up with really strong, articulate, uh, 
smart, beautiful women. Sounds like I'm complimenting myself, but they had no self-respect and no boundaries. Uh, They were caretakers and I related to them way too much. And so that became a a very big um, motivation for me. Uh, That's what I always tell people. If you have an issue in your life, uh, learn it so well that you could teach it. So I learned a lot about the dangers of caretaking, which is a very big issue for women. And um, I opened with a partner of mine who was also a very close friend, Empowered Woman Workshops, which led to our retreats and led to, as you know, we wrote a book called uh, Once Upon a Time, How Cinderella Grew Up and Became a Happy, Empowered Woman. Which actually, you know, congratulations again on that book as it became a number one bestseller. Yep. Uh, We were shocked the same day it came out, actually. Yeah. Because there are so many women that are caretakers. So I obviously, we do two retreats a year at Spa Eastman. I have a very big passion for those. We've just come back from one. Um, The women who come are, again, incredible women, a little bit lost on how to command respect, which is so important in life and in relationships. And unfortunately, we often grew up with mothers who were caretakers takers so we learned to take care of other people but we didn't learn to respect each other ourselves so that was a big one uh so that built into something and then the next company is rather new robert as you know the sandra reach couple retreats it's brand new one of my favorites to be honest <laughs> yeah, with you. yeah because you got to go to mexico <laughs> you can say yes. how was your trip you know i you know i, I love the Montreal center for anxiety and depression that's uh that's like my baby too uh i am a very big fan of the sandra reach couple retreats i just saw the work done in a very intensive beautiful environment and i just saw the life-changing results happen right before my eyes so to me that's very special so talk to me about that cup co- that company for a bit well basically in a nutshell um i have 50 minutes in a session five zero minutes with a couple and um i've trained yeah, I've spent the last many, many years training with the biggest experts in the world because I was so fascinated with couples and women and caretaking and psychology. I went to every conference and and then some. And um, I found 50 minutes stifling. I just don't find I can get the couples where I want to get them. And I also feel that I needed an environmental that, environment that was very experiential where they can really practice the exercises. So we tried an experiment last year. We decided, I remember sitting in a coffee shop with you and we said, let's take um, 10 or 12 couples to Mexico and see, like, let's give them a retreat. Let's see what happens. And at first it didn't look like it was going to happen. And it happened and it was... It was, it was a dream come true for me, a dream come true for me. And clearly for the couples, they all signed up again. It was, it was pretty profound, very heavy, very intense. But something that within three or four days, couples, their entire relationships changed. So that was extremely validating. Probably not my favorite comment. I don't want to say that, but one of my favorite experiences I've had to date. Amazing experience. And I was really happy to be part of that experience too. And that company for me just took on its own life. And yeah. then it started with more people wanting different locations and different in different places to uh, work on their relationships. So that's a really interesting yeah. place. Now, yeah. now let's talk about anxietyvideos.com. Yeah. Yeah. What's okay. That's also that that's also new. So what happened there is I have a colleague. Uh, she's been on the show many times, Georgia Dow. And uh, what happened on that one is there are unfortunately, Rob, there's a lot of people suffering with anxiety. Now, anxiety is highly treatable. Okay. Uh, when it's not treated, it always gets worse. And when it's treated, it always gets better. So at the clinic, it goes great. But the problem is there's still a lot of people who are, there's a lot of stigma still on therapy. A lot of people too shy to come in. Um, either they're having too much anxiety to come in. They don't live here. They're not comfortable. And they want to learn the tricks and strategies. So we opened a company 
called Anxiety Videos to actually what we do there is we create DVDs that people can download in the comfort of their home. So someone who, let's say, who's very shy or nervous to walk into the company, they don't have that issue. Um, They can just simply download the DVD and do the anxiety treatment in the comfort of their house. Okay, so you have these four companies. I want to ask you why so many. It sounds like each one has its need. Uh, Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's a little overwhelming, I'll be honest with you. Uh, But um, I think there is a need for them, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that I'm enjoying each one of them. I'm enjoying Empowered Women. I'm enjoying the couple retreats. I'm enjoying Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. They all provide a different service. And the only thing is finding the balance between all of them. But you can see they're all quite distinctive, but yet very similar because we're still working on the dance of relationships, anxiety over and over again in different ways. We're just trying to provide services for everybody at every price range. Example, a DVD is fifty nine ninety nine Canadian. So that's like American, like 30 bucks <laughs> is very True. different than coming in for therapy or coming to a, a Mexico retreat. You know, so, so it's true, something for everyone, Sandra. Now, speaking of something for everyone, you have four companies, you work hard, you got a lot of clients, a lot of pressure. I need to ask you, how do you unwind? What's your favorite guilty pleasure, Sandra? Oh, my goodness. Okay, you've got me. You want the truth, Robert? I, I would like the truth, please. Okay. I can't lie because unfortunately or fortunately, most of my clients, I'm pretty open this way, know the truth. And the truth is that I, my guilty pleasure, Mm -hmm. and I'm not proud, is reality TV. I'm not proud of this. Now, here's my rationale, Mm -hmm. okay? I feel like I hear a lot of, I'm I'm embarrassed right now. (laughs) I'm all embarrassed. It's all good. Safe audience. I like and the, the more stupid the reality TV, by the way, the more I like it. Let me explain. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing clients all day. I'm hearing heavy stories all day. It's intense. It's heavy. I don't want to come home and watch the news and see more intensity and more children in pain. I don't want that. So I like silly reality TV and I like intensive dramas. And I must say, I, I don't go to sleep ever without watching TV before I go to sleep. And I, uh, Robert, be honest, we have something in common here because mm-hmm. I think you do the same thing. I do do the same okay? thing. It's kind of my little treat at the end of the day is to watch one of those silly shows. And as I said, when, when people find out what I watch, they, they, they look at me like with shock. Okay. Cause he, you know, supposedly I'm supposedly again, I'm intellectual and blah, blah, blah. But again, I need a break and I need an escape. So that is, and, and the other one is popcorn. I'm a popcorn mm. fanatic. What's your guilty pleasure, by the way? Oh my goodness. My guilty pleasure would have to be, let me see. My guilty pleasure would, would have to be some, Dance music from the 80s. Oh, really? I have to say. Oh, yeah? yeah? I do love music also. It's funny because, you know, just music is a bit of psychology. Wouldn't you agree? I definitely agree. You listen to the words of a song and you hear a psychological message. I used to listen to Eminem and it sounded like hardcore rap and it's not really necessarily my thing. But if you listen, he's doing therapy in his music. He's doing his own therapy. And then there's that song Mad World, which is very all about therapy and how really? people are all walking in their own world and they're going places that they shouldn't even be going and they don't know you what see? they're doing. You see? There you go. Yeah, there's psychology even in the Real Housewives, I tell you. I tell <laughs> sure you. There is. There is. Sure I tell you. Is. I tell you. I'm not saying these are good shows to watch, however, though. I'm not saying that. They're just good escapism. So, Sandra, what do you love about being a therapist? You know, Rob, I love everything about being a therapist. It is, it is tiring, 
Uh, so I can't like I can't say it's an easy job, but I think that I'm one of the luckiest people in the world. I think I can't think of a job that's more meaningful. Um, I think it's a gift, and I take it very seriously. I take it, it's a lot of responsibility. I, as you know, I just flew back today, and I'm flying out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes I have to be at conferences or come back and do a Skype client. It's hard. But I think the fact that people are trusting me with their life secrets and um, allowing me into their world, and I can maybe make a difference I don't think there could be a greater gift and as I like to joke and my clients listening are going to laugh right now I say often I would do it for free they're (laughs) going to say well why don't you because I can't I have to make a living sorry guys but um, I do with the clients we talked about it does give me such tremendous pleasure it reminds me again of that Mexico trip and you know this story Robert I tell it many times where at the end of the retreat uh, my husband called I was looking out on the balcony at a couple on the beach this particular couple one of their biggest complaints was that when they're on the beach together they never talk to each other he was leaning over looking at her in the eyes and they were like just like two teenagers in love and I said to my husband he said how's the trip and I said I'm watching this couple and I'm telling you I I would do it for free I'm not doing it for free sorry guys I'm not doing it for free but the um the validation of knowing that somebody's life was changed I mean what could be more meaningful than that and you know I actually saw firsthand that couple you're talking about and their transformation I could think of many, so this is not a really tough question for you, but I would like the audience to hear it. What is your greatest strength? Ah, okay, we're going to do a cliffhanger on this because okay. um, we're just about to, uh, at the time to take a break, and it will give me a minute to think about what my greatest strength is. So, um, Rob, I'm so happy you're here with me today. Thank you so Although much. you're putting me on the hot seat and I'm feeling quite warm. Uh, this is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Don't be shy to call in or twi- tweet us or Facebook us at Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. I'm Sandra Reich. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-504. Or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spamunari.com. 
change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com. And change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. We're back and I'm having a great time with Robert here having these questions. I'm going to go back to them in a moment. I just want to mention that people have asked how to be in touch with us. So uh, the Twitter account is Sandra Reich, R-E-I-C-H-M-C-A-D. So it's at Sandra Reich, M-C-A-D. The Facebook account is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. And if you want to get on our newsletter, go on the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression. And it show, we send out a newsletter that shows all the upcoming shows. And I do have to say this is a very exciting month coming up, February in March. Uh, we have some huge people coming on. Um, you were talking about the couple retreats. We have one of the uh, biggest experts, if not the biggest expert in the world, Dr. Sue Johnson, coming on. I think it's on March 24th. We have uh, part twos of Olga and Tracy, too. Blow, blow your mind away guests coming back we have coming dr john gray from men are from mars women from women are from venus classic book we have some really interesting people coming up so please stay in touch with us on twitter and on facebook and yes i just stalled to go back to robert's question my greatest strength as a therapist um wait a sec was it my greatest strength as a therapist or was it my greatest strength you know what sandra you're on the hot seat so i'm going to just say your greatest strength what is it therapist or in personal life you know, Rob, I, I think that you, you really, that's hot. But I think that I, I think the 22 years bartending from the mafia coming to the bar to your um, average, you know, person from suburbia coming by, I think I really have a very good ability to understand people and to figure out where they're stuck fairly quickly. So if it's in therapy, if I'm mm-hmm. on on you know on therapy mode i can find the problem quickly in a couple or individually and if it's and, and we should talk about that that therapists are not always therapizing when they're off work but we'll get to that but when i'm off work um i think that i can connect and understand pe- different kinds of people very easily um I think that as people, we all are fundamentally the same. We want to be loved. We want, we want to love and we want to be loved. But we show it in very different ways. And it's very confusing if you don't have the knowledge to understand how people are. So the education was very helpful for me. But again, the years bartending is really where I always say I got my psychology degree. It was in the bar is by meeting all these different people. And from the mafia to your average Joe who showed up every week. And I mean the mafia handing me like a machine gun behind the bar. I mean, I'm serious. Okay. 
Okay, he's freaking out. Hold another, up. It sounds like another episode. We'll talk about this. <laughs> okay. Well, I wasn't hot involved. Feet, hot feet part two, the mafia. I was, no, I wasn't involved, <laughs> but I had to be able, I was a girl from a small part of Montreal, suburbia par excellence, like really overprotective parents. And the mafia is handing me a machine gun. I had to learn to be, how do I connect with the mafia and how do I connect with, with suburbia? So I think my greatest strength is to be able to connect with just about anybody. And I, it has helped me serve me very well. And I'm very grateful, by the way, to those bar years and to the people who mentored me in the bar years because I was a girl from, as I said, very protective parents. So I had mentors. And I can definitely see the the connection and the parallel connection between bartending and therapy and how that was able to help you with your career now. Totally could see that, how that would help. So that's great. So that's a great strength. Did you ever work in a job like, uh, you know, I just don't like this. Did you ever work in a job like a bar? If you consider Dairy Queen a bar. Well, you were in customer service. Would you agree that customer service is one of the most challenging jobs there is? I would absolutely agree. Didn't you learn yourself? You're studying to be a coach. Didn't you learn yourself how to connect with people at Dairy Queen? I'm guessing you did. I did. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, had, the, I had the people who wanted their double scoop ice cream yeah. and they wanted it now. Yes. So the impatient, angry person. You said and how do you disarm the impatient, angry person? That's what you learn in the service industry. I think every teenager should work in the service industry. Do you agree? I agree. Oh, my kids are going to work in the te- service okay. industry. Poor kids. Good. It's Sounds not easy. <laughs> it's not an easy job, but you learn a lot. It's true. Very yeah. true. Very true. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I can't help it. I'm, I'm not used to being on the hot seat. I'm used to asking the questions. I know. This is why I wanted to do this episode. I know, but it's not easy for me. I knew I'd find my, <laughs> myself in the hot seat and back again. Okay. Um, I got your greatest strength. I'd like to know the greatest mm. weakness of Sandra Reich. Well, I think that um, I think I have a lot of a lot of weaknesses, to be honest. I think that that's we're all works in process. And um, I think that, well, off the top of my had coming I've just come back from a little getaway I think that I observe myself often being impatient and uh, that is not my best quality and um, impatience is not doesn't work well because l- when you're impatient Rob I know you've had this experience when you're driving for example <laughs> you know so we were running late for the airport today okay and between me and you and my husband will probably hear the show, so I might get in trouble. But between me and you, I'm not pointing any fingers, but we do often run late. I'm not pointing any fingers, just saying. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. So um, the estimation of time and the reality don't always add up. So, you know, so there's the impatience when maybe, you know, we don't really give ourselves enough time, or then there's traffic on the highway, or um, something happens you know, on our way there, wouldn't you know, we're running late again. <laughs> and my husband gets picked out of the line as one of the customs, like the random customs people. So I almost miss the flight going, almost miss the flight coming back. And I'm not the most patient person. So I think that these things happen. I believe everything happens in your life to teach you something. And what I kept telling myself, I kept breathing. I kept doing the breathing that we teach our clients mm-hmm. to do and tell myself, this is just another chance for me to learn about patience. I know when you're in the car and people are driving slow and front of you it really triggers you yes i've been been known to honk them out yeah yeah right and i think that the opposite of impatience is compassion and i think compassion is one of the greatest skills so i think i'm weak there i'm getting better i'm always working on it but some days um, when i've had not enough sleep uh, the impatience comes back so uh, that's one uh, thing that bothers me and i'm will definitely have to spend probably my entire life working on it because I come from a very uh, fast thinking parents who 
fast on their feet, very adaptive survivors in many ways. And so in some ways it serves me, I think, quickly, and that helps. But in other ways, you know, sometimes you got to just take take a breath and take in the moment and, and trust life, you know, that maybe if you're not at the airport, you're not supposed to be at the airport. So that I'm working on that. And the other one that comes to mind is, um, and as a mother, I really want to work on this because I really worry that my kids will copy this, is um, one that many of us struggle with, which is perfectionism. Is You know, I, I like to do things to the 11th degree, mm-hmm. and I like to do them well. I mean, I think we all do. But it's been shown through research many times that perfectionists actually don't do as well as people who lower the standard so sometimes I'll say I didn't get enough done with those four companies and two small kids I didn't get enough done in a day and my husband has to shake me here he's going to get a compliment and say wait a second Sandra come on so sometimes I'm hard on myself and you know when people are hard on themselves they sometimes can be hard on others Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's not saying anything he works for me (laughs) (laughs) no it's very interesting you know what it just shows that you're human of course you have those human qualities (laughs) now you talked about um showing compassion out of curiosity though could you help teach people to be more compassionate oh Rob that's such a brilliant question yes but again uh, and it's such a good question for someone who's trained to be a coach they have to want to learn okay okay because it's easier to honk your horn it's easier to blame mm-hmm. and it's easier to be victimy than to take responsibility for your life. So the next time you honk your horn and the next time I want to point fingers when we're late for the airports, I what I do, and I challenge you and anyone listening to do this, is this is the strategy homework for this week, is could you possibly find a different way of looking at it that's compassionate? Like this morning, uh, my husband and I were just talking about it. My husband doesn't leave, like to leave a hotel room messy. I mean, what a wonderful quality. He cleans it up. He vacuums it. I mean, this was like kind of like a condo. He does things really like very carefully. He doesn't want to leave things behind. That's a good quality. So instead of being annoyed by it, maybe appreciate it. That guy in front of you when you're honking your horn is maybe being driving very carefully so that you don't have an accident. So can you learn it? Yes. But will you want to learn it? Or do you want to stay angry? And that's what it comes down to in life. Do you want to stay angry or do you want to feel happy? And compassionate people are happier than people who want to stay angry and be right. So it's the old, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy question? And on a bad day, I want to be right. And on a good day, I want to be happy. Yeah. Does that make sense? A lot of sense. Yeah. Wow. Does, do you see that in your life? I absolutely see that. You know what? Next time I'm driving behind somebody who's going you know, 30 miles an hour on a 50, maybe I'll show them some compassion. You know, it's, it's not always easy. But man, if you can stretch that muscle, it gets easier and easier. And I promise you, money back guarantee to you or anyone else, that the more you can find compassion for the person who annoys you the most, the happier your life will be. And I've, I've been working on that for years. And I have to say, and I said, I turned my life from lemons to lemonade. I'm a much happier person now than when I used to be bitter and angry and annoyed about things that people were doing or, you know, when their shopping carts are going too slow in Costco. It's another one of my oh, triggers. Yeah. Or when people take up a lot of space. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up not taking up a lot of space. So those are hard for me but instead of being angry you have to be curious why it bothers you so much and I'll give you one more on that Rob is sometimes it bothers you so much because they're doing something you wish you could do so someone who takes up a lot of space maybe it's maybe you're annoyed because you wish you could be so unaware of others but caretakers are always so aware do you know what I mean I do yeah or someone who's being really lazy and you get annoyed with them maybe it's because you're constantly working yeah, that might wow, be another weakness of mine. That's, that's what I call food for thought. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So you have a lot going on in your life, Sandra. You, you're, you're away. You have vacations. You have, uh, you have uh, 
companies, you got a radio show, events coming up. So if you could change one thing about your life, what would it be? Well, I think you just said something important there. Um, I don't have or feel like, I just had Dr. Carter on, Dr. Christine Carter, great show she did on happiness, where she said that we all feel time is, there's a scarcity of time and it's an illusion. But I often feel that there's not enough time. So um, there's things that I'm, so many things I'm passionate about and probably, you know, I should definitely mention raising two kids to be meaningful and um, resilient individuals. So, um, that's one thing I would change about my life is to be able to have a little tiny bit more time. And I guess um, I've created a life that I'm very proud of and I'm very happy with. And I have a, a very unusual circle of friends and family. But um, I don't have a lot of biological family. And I guess I have a little bit. But unfortunately, my mom died when I was fairly young. And my father's not well. Uh, TMI, perhaps. But um, I guess, you know, if I could do it all over again, I I, I wouldn't mind if there was more family around. I'd, sometimes I'd, I had a very bad cold. I think many people know for January and February, I was pretty much knocked out. And I had moments where... Um, it may sound silly at my age, but I have to say I had moments where I felt like calling mommy and there was no mommy. And there's times with my kids where I want to call mommy. So I don't sit there and have a pity party about it. But if you ask if there's something I could change, I would have liked for my parents to live longer and, um, you know, just take in the moments of my life. It goes very fast life. And the older you get, the faster the birthdays come. I have to tell you, you and I talk about that quite often. Um, so just, moments that have been missed but again as I'm getting older I'm learning to take them in and really live a life that's uh, reflective uh, every moment of every day reflective of what's important to me so it's going I'm feeling pretty good about it right now well thank you for opening up like that and being so vulnerable with the listeners I really appreciate that answer now going back if you we go back to you as a therapist you told me what you loved about being a therapist what was great about it what do you find challenging about being a therapist? You know what? I'm going to answer that question. You're a good interviewer, you know. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're doing a great job, <laughs> Rob Wise. Wow. Wow. Um, okay, that bought me a few seconds. Just kidding. No, you're doing a great job. Um, you know what? Remember when you said, what do I love about being a therapist? And I said everything. Yeah. You just asked, what do I find challenging about being a therapist? I'm going to say everything. Okay, so I've been in my life, I've been a travel agent. These are the key jobs. I was a travel agent, a bartender and um, a therapist. So let's go through this. If you mess up somebody's drink at a bar, not too serious, although people might take it seriously. But if you mess up someone's travel plans, pretty bad. They won't be very happy about that. But if you mess up somebody's psychology and or give them the wrong advice or you get a blind spot because sometimes somebody comes in with a problem that's, or that brings up something and you therapists always have to watch this. We have to always check when somebody's telling us something and we're responding, are we responding with the best advice for them? Or are we responding because they remind us of um, our sister or aunt or uncle, and maybe we didn't even like that sister, aunt or uncle. And all of a sudden we're giving them the wrong response because we're feeling, I don't know, triggered. I mean, this is called cancer transference in therapy is that, and this happens to therapists you really could be messing someone up. So you can't go into an office with a client until you're fully, completely on. So what does that mean? That means that you have to eat, you have to have, 
you know, taking care of all your basic needs, uh, had food, have sleep, have exercise, um, fill your own pockets, put the oxygen mask on you first. And then you go in and you, you're holding that person, you're holding the space. So you have to really make sure that you're listening, you're with them, and you're really from the bottom of your heart, most compassionately possible, no judgment, because the opposite of compassion is judgment, no judgment, um, trying to give them the best advice that will help them to live their best life. So judgment has to go out. And that's helped. You asked a very good question before about compassion. So being a therapist has helped me too, because if I can show compassion to someone in my office, surely I could show compassion to somebody at Costco mm-hmm. or something's wrong. Yeah. Okay. And you cannot be a good coach, a good therapist, a good psychologist, a good sociologist, any of those jobs, any helping profession, if you're sitting in judgment of your clients. So it's weird because one client comes in and talks, talks about sexual abuse and the next one talks about I can't find a boyfriend if you're a judgmental therapist you're gonna go oh my god really that's your problem no a pain is pain Mm -hmm. so you have to sit you hold the space is that it always hurts a headache can hurt as much as somebody's cancer Mm -hmm. at that moment when you have a bad headache so judgment has to go and you have to be fully there so it's everything about it is challenging because you have been given this extraordinary gift and responsibility to help people and to and the honor of them trusting you and paying you for it so it's it's intense it is intense i know you know i'm gonna throw that one back at you rob because now you're training to be a coach and you've started you you've been doing some interning and you tell me how hard is it oh my god it's it's extremely hard why Uh, you have to be completely First of all, you have to be completely present, completely in there. Yeah, you can't world. be doing your grocery list. No, there's no grocery list, you know, no uh, no thinking about what's on TV tonight. It really is about the client yeah. and making sure that you're present, that you're there, that you're not being judgmental, that you're completely with the client and on their journey with them. Yeah, not in your story. Not in my story. You can't be in your story. No, and now to just throw it back to you, Sandra, I do have a question that actually I really do want to know the answer, especially since I do want to be a, a great coach. Um, how do you not get yourself emotionally involved in the cases so you don't take them with you? Oh, that's another good question. Wow. Um, you know, I struggled with that for years and years and years. Um, I think I really had to learn to... Um, You have to learn, and you're going to, as someone starting out, you have to learn that, like, I I think there's no way to be not emotionally involved. Like, some of my clients are probably listening right now, and you know who you are, and I love you guys. You know who you are. Like, John Gottman, who's one of my heroes, Dr. John Gottman, he's, like, very famous psychologist, another one of the biggest experts in the world on marriage. And um, he said, I went to a lecture of his, and he said once, um, never take a client you can't love. And I was so relieved because I love my clients, okay? And I thought I was doing something wrong by loving them. And I'm not, okay? I believe what he says. Don't take a client you can't love. So you are emotionally involved because I care deeply about them. But they are clients. They are not, They, as a young coach starting out, it's very important that your clients understand that you are not their friends. You could feel like a friend, but you're not their friend. You're their clients. So there ha- that wall has to always stay, not a wall of like you can't connect, but the 
boundaries have to be clear. So sometimes I've met people and they've met me and they say, I wish I would have met you as a friend. And so I feel some, very often the same way. But if they're a client, they're a client. So the way to protect against the emotional involvement is to remind yourself of that. Because otherwise you're going to start getting biased. Uh, because with a friend, you get emotionally involved. You can't give good advice. That's why there are therapists. And so what I do is I do something called internal supervisor is I check with myself uh, if I'm starting to get pulled too much. Now, over the years, it, I felt there were times that it was going in that direction. If I wouldn't have been able to pull myself back, I would have um, actually referred the clients. Um, there are many, many cases of therapists who get too emotionally involved. And there's unfortunately many cases with opposite sex where things go wrong. I think you were telling me you were that was on your mind that you, you had a question or something about that you were telling me the other day. Yes. Yeah. I remember you saying something about yes. that. You were curious about that. I was curious. I was curious about how do you handle a client who has crossed a boundary? So let's pretend you're in session and a man says, Sandra, I'll take you out for a drink after. Yeah. It's funny, that was the one one question you warned me about today. And so I remember that one because, uh, again, I just got back. Uh, you know, it's I, no one No one ever asked me out for a drink, but, like, the kissing thing has happened, you know, like um, saying goodbye to a client and the male comes and kisses me. Mm-hmm. Like, that can't happen. That's, again, if you the boundaries aren't clear in a relationship of any kind, you've got trouble. So there need to be boundaries in a romantic relationship. There need to be boundaries in a working relationship. You and I are good friends and we work together, so the boundaries are different in our friendship than they are in our working relationship. Mm-hmm. So with a client, okay, you have to be very, very careful because – so. There's nothing wrong with a client trying to cross the boundary, but there is something wrong with the fact that if the therapist doesn't make the boundaries clear, and A, that's a problem, or B, if the client, after being told the boundary, continues. So early in my career, no one asked me out on a date, but a man took a glass object in my office and he was angry and he banged it down with all his force on the table and I, he was angry mm-hmm. not at me about the story he was telling and uh, he, I said you can't do that and he said I'm angry I can do whatever I want and that was a challenge for me because I said because um, I was torn there's an emotional involvement saying okay well he's expressing his emotions but there's a boundary for me I was scared I felt scared so I had to tell him I'm sorry if you do that again you're going to have to leave so that's that's someone crossing a boundary because a boundary being crossed means that you ask someone please don't do this and they keep doing it now as a therapist you can't just you know you can't tell someone don't wear this cologne but there are certain things such as male female dynamics or even female female that you know kissing and or let's go for a coffee afterwards that you really you really have to make it clear that you are the therapist they are the client which is not to create a power differential because I don't I'm not into that at all Mm -hmm. I, I think that just like you asked my weaknesses today, I'm very open with my clients. I think that I'm not sitting on a perch with all the answers and you're the one with all the troubles. I think bad therapists and bad coaches come across like that. I think that there has to be some relatability, Mm -hmm. but there still has to be one person who's the expert in the room. Because if you're, if there's not one expert in the room, it's chaos. Basically, it's almost like, again, the policeman example I often give. If you get to a stop sign and you cross the stop sign and you don't do your stop, the policeman gives you a ticket. If you are then want to become a policeman, what's going to happen? There's going to be a chaotic environment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you always would say that you need the red lights because without red lights, 
what would happen is that people would just be going through lights and there would be uh, car accidents and everything, complete chaos. So what you're saying is that boundaries. Everything comes to boundaries and boundaries lead to respect. And you need respect in a therapeutic relationship. You actually need respect in any relationship. And a relationship that doesn't have respect will not survive. Even a romantic love relationship, by the way. No, it's very interesting. So I asked you, is compassion learnable? Is boundaries? Could people learn how to have good boundaries? Well, they can learn it, but they may not want to. And that's, that's always the big challenge because if you have a relationship, whether it's a therapeutic relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's uh, any kind of relationship, if someone is not willing to respect or at least negotiate with you your boundaries, because just because I have a boundary doesn't mean you're going you're gonna, to, you might find my boundary as a, we're, let's say we're in a relationship and you may find it unreasonable. You have a right to negotiate or discuss it with me. But if you're not willing to even consider my boundary, our relationship is in peril. So it's, anyone can learn it, but not everybody wants to. But for me, sometimes when I hear stories like this, I often am known to say to clients, but like they say, well, doesn't this happen to you? And it used to happen to me, but it doesn't happen to me anymore because I think the people who are close with me know that there is, there's, there's a point you can't cross. There always has to be. It's not for Sandra Reich. It's for anyone. You have to have the things that are, that are clear for you that are not negotiable or at least maybe negotiable but not completely negotiable. Okay. Example, a male making a pass at you or a female making a pass at a coach mm-hmm. or a therapist, you're crossing a line and that cannot, you cannot cross that line. It's not negotiable. Now, if there's other things that are negotiable but not that, does that make sense? That makes total sense. Okay. Um, Rob, um, you look like you want to say something. We're just about a time. I'm just going to hand it over to you for one second, and then I'll take us out. Okay. So I actually have so many more questions for you. I had a big one, but I don't think I have any time anymore. Okay. I will leave it on a cliffhanger. The question I was going to ask Sandra, the last question was, if she was not a therapist, what would she be? But I guess we'll have to save it for the next part. Oh, I can't wait to talk about that because I'm actually going, I'm leaving this week on a nutrition conference. So that gives a hint on what I'd be into. Robert, I want to thank you. You've done an absolutely amazing job of putting me on the hot seat. It's not been that easy, but I I think that it's been, uh, these have been really thought-provoking questions to me. Thank you so much for being my guest once again. Thank you, Sandra. You actually were quite... uh, open and candid and I want to thank you for your openness and candidness and vulnerability in some of those questions so thank you so much thank you so much this is Straight Talk with Sandra Reich and we'll see you next week keep your eyes on the stars thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich we hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3pm Pacific Time 6pm Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel Now, go live your best life. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.